The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's adworks.com slash billrisser. We're not about, I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm number one. I'm the best agent ever. We're about somebody um, needing real estate services and contacting us, and then we will talk to them about what they want to do and what we can do for them. So, um, you know, I even even occasionally confuse sellers, you know, (laughs) because we don't even market each home the same way. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 107 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Very excited for my call today. This is someone that I've known um, of for a long time and, and actually have had a chance to meet and talk with and, and see her present. Uh, but very excited to go to, the, to Minnesota, my father's home state, to talk to Teresa Boardman of Boardman Realty. Uh, and her blog, the St. Paul Real Estate blog, is amazing. We're going to talk about that a lot uh, today. But Teresa, mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you grew up in the St. Paul area, right? You're a native of there? Yes, I'm a native. And, and this is kind of sad to say, but I've actually lived within like a mile and a half of downtown St. Paul my whole life. <laughs> I've lived on the same block for 34 years now. Wow. So I've I've had the good fortune of going to a St. Paul Saints game. So you know exactly where uh-huh. I was, right? At the but the ballpark there. Yep. What a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful facility, kind of new, right? Yeah, uh it just opened up uh, maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was two years. And that's that's right where I work in my office is like two blocks away from the stadium. Okay. And it's right on the Mississippi River, in case people want to know, because I I don't think people mm-hmm. think of Mississippi as being part of St. Paul, <laughs> but it is, right? St. Paul is a river city. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. And so I want to talk about growing up in Minnesota. My dad grew up in Minneapolis, and I remember visiting family as a child in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is farther north. But talk uh-huh. talk about life, you know, growing up in St. Paul, what, what it's like. I don't know that that's a pretty broad topic. I don't know that it was different than growing up in any other town. Uh, I, I guess one of the I, one thing that might have been a little different is most of us learned how to skate before we could walk. Um, ice skating was a big deal when I was a kid. It still is. Uh, you know, I, all in all, it was a great place to grow up. Um, you know, we spent our we spent most of our summers at the lakes and um, both months of summer and uh, winter at the ice skating rink. So I can't get any better than that. So you you have skated on outdoor rinks, is what you're telling me. Where when I heard about oh, absolutely <laughs> turning water yeah. on and freezing the backyard, that's a real. Oh thing. yeah, oh yeah. We we used to when I was a kid, my dad used to do that in the backyard. I mean, we used to help it. it um, we had a, a metal ring we put out there basically and um we'd wait till after it snowed and we'd start that as the base and you know stomp it all down and then yeah we'd start filling it up and 
everybody in the neighborhood would come to our backyard and skate. That's great. Uh, currently, today, the Twin Cities are seeing this amazing boom, right, with technology and all kinds of stuff. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? What's happening up there now? Um, I, I don't think most people realize our economy is very diverse. Um, we have companies like Medtronics, you know, that sells the pacemaker, and this this used to be the headquarters of 3M. That's where they started. And we actually do have our own um, high-tech sector uh, where there, there are startups here. Um, I happen to belong to COCO, which is a, a, a collaborative. That's where my office space is. And uh, COCO is a Google partner. And so I actually work with, um, you know, in the same area <laughs> as startup, uh, people from startup companies. So, yeah, there's... Uh, uh, people kind of underestimate us when it comes to the whole um, technology and, and startup right, thing. Right, right. You you mentioned growing up in St. Paul. You went. You even attended. You went to college in St. Paul. Is that is that right? Well, yeah. I went. <laughs> I went one year out of St. Paul, and I ended up coming back uh, because when when I went to college, we were. We were kind of in a recession, and to be honest, I needed money. So I worked full-time while I was in college, and I ended up coming back to St. Paul and finishing college here because I could get a job here so that I could work while I was going to college. So you went to college at St. Catherine, right? Yeah, a small private college, so it's St. Catherine's University now, uh, which my mother also graduated from. Wow, that's great. So what was your master plan coming out of college? I'm assuming it wasn't real. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I have a degree in psychology, and I was going to get a master's degree, and probably even a PhD. And I haven't been asked this question in forever. And, and my big interest was actually um, organizational psychology. Hmm. And so, even so, you know, even some of my first jobs were were more related to you know that kind of thing. They were kind of human resourcey, actually. Uh, so yeah, that that was my big plan. But um, you know, I think a lot of us, when we graduate from college, we're actually preparing ourselves for a job when we started college because things change so fast that by the time you graduate, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of demand. And it, it, uh, to be honest, most of what I wanted to do didn't pay well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cause I had, by the time I graduated, I already had one child, <laughs> you know, we had people to support. So it's, I didn't, at the time I, it was, it was, would have been like a luxury. So I didn't actually get into real estate. Though, and so it's, it's like my third career. So what were, if you had to categorize careers one and two, you said HR, what was number two? Um, I, I actually worked, <laughs> I've had a checkered past. I took computer programming in college and that turned out to be a really smart thing. Um, so I, I ended up working in technology for many years. I worked as a consultant. Uh, I sold consulting services. I did project management. Um, I was a business analyst uh, and, and a bunch of related things. So, and that's kind of what my, my first couple of jobs were also in, in the technology field. So it, it was a strange, uh, something I never planned on doing. Um, so I was one of the, the first 300, I always had an interest in technology. I was actually one of the first 300 people, um, to sign up for AOL. And I was definitely the only person on my block or anywhere near me who had internet access in my home. 
Wow. I mean, even when I first started using email, there wasn't anybody to send email to. Of course, I ditched AOL like a year later, but um, <laughs> when I figured out a better way when you could use a 300 baud modem without having to um, sit and wait for all their graphics to load up and everything, that was a long time ago. That's awesome. I, well, I remember those days as well. And, and obviously, this ties very nicely into what you did when you became a realtor. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So, but first of all, what was the event? What was the, what happened that, uh, cause you, you entered the business in 2002, I think, if I've got that right. Mm-hmm. So what was, uh-huh. something had to happen where you went, wow, I can do this. What was that? Well, actually it's one of those weird things. 9-11 is actually what happened. Mm. Um, 9-11 kind of caused the ripple effect. Uh, the company that I was working for at the time lost a lot of business. Uh, so they were letting people go. And uh, I was one of the first people to be let go, partly because I was also one of the higher paid people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So um, I started looking for a job, kind of doing the same sort of thing I had done before. And I decided that that really wasn't at all what I wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, I like to tell the story that I liked houses and I liked people. Um, and I got into real estate and I still like houses. <laughs> I love that. But, um, <laughs> but, but it is, it's one of the few, uh, yeah, I had to wait for on that. It's, it's, it's actually, you know, there's a lot of things about it that attracted me to it. I, I did have sales experience. Um, but, but for me, it was really a big deal to be out on my own and to be independent. I mean, you got to realize I work for some big companies. I work for a government agency and, you know, my whole life, everything was this big bureaucracy where you had to play all these games and do all these things. And I thought it was way cool just to be able to go out and make money. And I could like see my clients and I could tell if, if what I was doing was benefiting them or not. It's your job can kind of become an abstraction eventually when you don't really understand what it is that you're doing or why you're doing it. Real estate is real simple. You know, I go out, I hunt. If I actually catch something, I might make some money. If I make some money, I eat. You know, it's all, there's no, there's just not a lot of, um, there, there's not a big bureaucracy out there or or anything like that. So um, I guess I found it very rewarding um, because you're directly rewarded for your work. And I like the independence. I mean, I get up each morning unemployed. I get to decide what to do. I get to decide how hard I want to work. I get to decide who I want to work with. Um, life is good. Let's talk about how you started. You, you, your first uh, brokerage that you worked for was Keller Williams, which is company. no. Actually, I started. I started out at um, Coldwell Banker. Oh, did you? Well, let's talk about that. Yeah, I, I was with Keller Williams, but but you know, just a little little story. I ended up at at Coldwell Banker because I felt that I could get the best training there. And I didn't get anything that even resembled training. So what I ended up doing is I became a licensed assistant to a successful agent. And that was like one of the best experiences I've ever had. I and mean, it was very humbling because you're starting, you're starting below the bottom <laughs> in a way, you know. Right, right. Um, but I, I, I learned, you know, I was willing to learn. He was willing, he, he, he would leave his door open in his office so that I could listen in on his phone calls. So I knew how to do a price reduction. Um, 
he took me on listing appointments with him. You know, I, you know, I, I had a lot of work to do too. And so, um, so I did that for about a year and a half before I went totally on my own. And then I hooked up with Keller Williams. I was with a group of people. We wanted to open a Keller Williams office in St. Paul. And so we went through the process of doing that and kind of crashed and burned. And there still isn't a Keller Williams office in St. Paul. <laughs> After the Keller Williams experience, you kind of, you started working for smaller companies until now you own your own brokerage, right? Right, right. I went to work with a friend uh, during during the Great Recession. Um, he ended up taking a job. So, you know, I was the only agent in the company pretty much. I, I would have stayed, but what's the point? You know, so I just uh, I just started my own company. I, I love this quote I found on your bio, Teresa. It says, um, my company's more like the corner bakery than a big box store. Yep. Every purchase or sale yep. is handcrafted. I love that. Talk about yep. that. Yeah. But 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 that that that's what we're all about. I mean, that's totally what we're all about. We're not about I'm all that in a bag of chips. I'm number one. I'm the best agent ever. We're about somebody um, needing real estate services and contacting us, and then we will talk to them about what they want to do and what we can do for them. So, um, you know, I even even occasionally confuse people um, sellers. You know, <laughs> because huh, we don't even market each home the same way. I mean, we really do hand tailor, hand craft everything we do. It's real um, consultive. I don't like uh, everything is becoming a big company. Every everyone you call, it's about being put on hold and pressing one and pressing pound and filling out a survey. I do everything we do. Everything is as opposite of that as as you can imagine. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love yeah. the fact you're putting that consumer first. It's all about them. Yeah, right. It is. Well, and then when people say, well, you know, tell me your company philosophy, I always describe the company as being client centered. And I actually have people say, well, what does that mean? Because in real estate, we kind of break it up. You know, are people, they're, they're agent centered. Um, you know, a lot of real estate companies tend to be agent centered or they're learning companies or they're technology companies. We're client centered, period. I love it. Well, let's talk about some technology with you. I mentioned earlier on about St. Paul real estate blog.com. I mean, in 2008, I discovered that blog about the same time I, I found Jay Thompson's Phoenix real estate guy. Uh, and, and, you know, uh -huh. you've been blogging about real estate for well over a decade. So let's, let's talk Since about 2005. Wow. So let's <laughs> what, what took you so long to find me? <laughs> Sorry. No, that's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what made you start doing that. There had to be some kind of impetus for, for the blog. You know, I wish I could remember the article I wrote, read and, and who wrote it, but it actually, I read a lot. I actually had read this article about the, um, using, using a, a blog for business. Because at the time, that wasn't a thing. People did not use blogs for business or it had just started. I mean, I, certainly I didn't know anybody personally who had used a blog for business. And the, and the reason I wanted to do it is because real estate agents, all they had were these like web 1.0 kind of static websites. Um, and I've had a few of those over the years too. But but the, the 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 bigger reason was because I thought it would be a way to get people to trust me. And to prove myself a, as a as a subject matter expert, because 
you know, you're, you're, you're giving away information more or less. So people come and they read and they call me and they ask me if they, if, um, if I'll work with them. Of course, it didn't work that way, you know, the first couple of months, but <laughs> it works that way now. Right, right. I, I have to mention your photography. It's a big part of what you do online uh, and, and obviously yep. in your personal life. Talk about that passion and how that's how it's helped you in your business. Uh, well, I think, you know, to, uh, video has been the next big thing since 2003. Um, you know, everywhere I turn, we're told we need more video and that might be true, but <laughs> still photography, I don't know, still photography is still magical. It, it's the old a picture is worth a thousand words. I mean, I think when I originally started with the photography on the blog, it was about showing people what St. Paul looks like. Um, but eventually I got so many pictures that I ended up expanding into a whole photography blog. Um, you know, so, so I have that too. But but the pictures, they, they seem to attract people as much or more than the writing does. So, you know, I guess maybe it could be described again as giving something away or giving people something. Anyone who has not been there, go check out. You can start at stpaulrealestateblog.com. Give us the URL for the uh, for the photo blog. Uh, stpaulphotos.com. So S-T-P-A-U-L photos.com. Yeah. So wonderful stuff there if you want to see some amazing pictures. I still, to this day, walk by old pipes and different things and valves. And I, think, <laughs> I think of you every time, Teresa. I And I go, I Well, st- now, and see, that, that was just a whole thing I started. I called it urban hardware. And I actually, and this is kind of, this is kind of interesting. I just started doing it for the heck of it. I took, I had one picture of a valve that I took. And I don't know, I just started taking more of them. I actually had somebody buy the pictures and make them into a calendar for a plumbing company. Wow. That's awesome. I, so uh, with your, with your inspiration, I I've started, I've done nothing with him yet, but when I walk by old pickup trucks, old Chevy's old Ford, yeah. I'm not talking like the 50s, 60s, but for me, I like the like 70s and 80s, just that, you know, where they started yeah. to get more modern, but now they're just so mm-hmm. old looking. Yeah. So I have a bunch of those. And it's based on just because I think they're cool. And I think that's why you were doing that. With oh, them. yeah. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. But, well, I like rust. I mean, that that's what attracted me uh, to the valves in the beginning. And so then I started calling them urban hardware. And and I just, you, you know, once you, you're aware of something, you start seeing it everywhere. Um, so I just started, you know, it was rusty hydrants, fire hydrants, rust, rusty faucets, um, valves, uh, whatever. And, and they are pretty photogenic i mean there's a lot of reds and blues but people and i haven't done any for a long time i'll do them occasionally people send me pictures of valves from all over the country i'll just randomly i'll open my email and there'll be a picture of a green valve in it from arizona or something you know i'm gonna gonna send you it's kind of cool i'm gonna send you one from st pete sure (laughs) do do you know i always enjoy looking at them they always make me smile Let's talk about you and Inman. You you do a lot of writing. I would call you an industry writer, right, for Inman.com. Um, you know, it's, it's funny how that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I have written for Inman News since um, 2007. Wow. Which, um, in fact, I was just talking to Bernice Ross today. I talk to her every now and then because, you know, she, she's written for Inman News for even longer, and she's kind of my... 
well, she does. I look up to Bernice a lot. I have a lot of respect for her. So she's so great at coming up with topics all the time, which was the hardest part of writing for Inman News. But yeah, I actually met Brad Inman at a conference in 2007. He had um, rounded up all the early pioneers in social media, and he, he actually put us on stage. But it was several months later, I played a um, April Fool's joke on Inman News uh, via the Real Estate Weenie blog, uh, where Inman News, I put it out there, they were going to buy this blog um, that I had been kind of playing around with. And it actually made their phones ring. But I think I think that kind of put me on, on the, at least Brad Inman's radar. So it was in early 2008, um, he asked me if I'd be interested in writing for him, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, and so there, it's there. It's great content. You are um, you're not afraid to rock the boat. Is that a fair assessment of you? <laughs> you know, I've written some things that afterwards I said to myself, "Why, why, why did you put that out there?" <laughs> you know. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if if I do it on purpose or it just happens. I think that um, a lot of our real estate industry news, um, you know, even even podcasts like these, a, a lot of the stuff comes from the coast. And I think that that somebody in Minnesota just has a different kind of point of view. A little bit of that Midwestern ethic, huh? I think there's nothing. I think that's yeah. there's something to that. Yeah, that's great. Let yeah. me. I'm going to ask you: Is it is it possible today to start a blog and have success? Oh, absolutely. You know, you know, and I, I actually have been just starting. I, I try to write about blogging once a year. Um, back in uh, 2007, blogs were dead. Back in 2008, blogs were dead and dying. Back in 2009, the blog was dead. And, you know, it goes on and on and on. But the truth of it is, there's nothing dead about blogs. <laughs> you know, people still read them. People still write them. And, you know, from a marketing point of view, I mean, people do look for information on the Internet and, you know, they, they can find the generic stuff on the big sites that's all pretty much the same. Or if they're looking for something specific in a specific area, they can find a real estate blogger. Right. You know, that's it's it's custom. It's it's I don't know. It, and, and the thing is, is if people have all kinds of misconceptions about real estate blogs. Uh, last year, I found myself on a list of the top. I don't remember how many um, real estate industry blogs. I do not write a real estate industry blog. My blog has nothing to do with the real estate industry. My blog has to do with St. Paul, Minnesota <laughs> and St. Paul real estate. So, I mean, even people that rate blogs misunderstand what my blog is. It is not for other real estate agents. Do other real estate agents stop by and read it? Absolutely. But it, that's not who it's being written for. I have even had people contact me and tell me that they didn't like something I wrote. A real estate agent tell me that they didn't like something that I wrote. I'm <laughs> like, too bad, you know? It's so not what? for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. It's not. I mean... And and that's something that I seem to always be, you know, that, that, that always comes up is after all these years, and, and I figure it, I must have some kind of a communication problem because people just do not understand that you would write a blog that's for consumers and for potential clients 
rather than writing something for other people with real estate licenses. I do that on Inman News. I do not do that on the St. Paul real estate blog. I just had somebody contact me and ask me, well, could we publish one of your articles on your real estate blog that's advice for agents? And I said, no, because there aren't any. I don't write advice for other agents on my real estate blog. Right. You 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 were part of the early re.net, right? I'm talking Jay Thompson and you, and, and I'm sure you can rattle off the names of a lot of those other people. And, and yep. you really formed a, very, a real tight knit group back in oh five, six, seven, eight. You know, and are, are you still connected yep. and, and engaged with with those people? Well, we're, we're all connected. You know, we're all connected through the internet, but we've all gone. Most have changed jobs gone to different places gone i mean none of them that had like real estate blogs back then still have real estate blogs uh todd carpenter used to work in the um finance industry as as a loan officer or with a loan officer i mean you know he started working for nar uh so you know so yes and no i mean we still see each other at events um we still absolutely we talk back and forth over twitter on facebook um you know all that kind of thing because i mean that's how we met so yeah there, there's we're still i would say we're still a pretty big part of each other's like social you know real estate uh circle uh, but back in the beginning we were a little tighter knit because we it was it, every it was all unique yeah, it was. You no, know, it was. All, we were doing something different. Yeah, you were true yeah, pioneers. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, because you know, each of us either we came up with the idea independently. You know, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The idea of, of um, you know, what what we were doing. It's like, and so once you get online like that, you start meeting other like-minded people, and um, you know, you get to know each other. So that that's kind of, and we you know a lot of us too were on active rain. Um, I still have an active rain account. I don't, you know, I don't use it much. And so that Jeff Turner in particular, he did a lot of writing on active rain and on the, um, what was it called? Bloodhound blog. Oh yeah. The bloodhound. That's right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, there there were, yeah. So we knew each other that way. Right. Well, Teresa, I I can't thank you enough for taking some time to share, you know, what's happened over the last 17, let's call it 17 years with you. But I want to um, ask you the same question I've asked every guest. And that is, what is one piece of advice you would give to an agent just getting started in the industry? (laughs) I would say, if you can, start a real estate blog. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, but it's not for everybody. I mean, so right. I, you know, I mean, it really depends on the agent. I, you know, maybe if I, if I were to keep it a little more generic, I would. It would probably be play to your strengths. Like for example, you know, I was crummy at open houses. I still am. I'm a disaster. I, I had a friend tell me when I looked at her house. She said, she said, promise me, Tracy, you won't do any open houses. And I just laughed because she knows she knows how I am. You know. And, but, but that's not my strength. And so instead of, you know, and in the beginning I did all these open houses, which was just, was just a stupid waste of time. So find, you know, find something you're good at and, and play to that. Um, you know, and don't try to be something you're not. Teresa, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Uh I don't know. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my the, all my contact information is right on the side of my blog, like my phone number, 
uh, email address, all that stuff is right in the, the uh, right-hand sidebar. I'll have a, a link to the blog, both blogs in the notes with on, on the podcast. So we'll take and care yeah. of that. Yeah. Teresa. It's hard not to find me, honestly. <laughs> I agree with that. In men, they're all over the place. So, hey, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to, to talk to our audience. I, I really can't tell you how exciting it was to talk to you. It's been very cool because it's oh. followed you for a long time. Well, thanks for making it so easy. I don't feel like I did anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's my goal. <laughs> thanks, Teresa. Okay, thanks.